You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to another Giant Splash podcast. I'm Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. And today I talked to closer Will Smith, who has done a great job since manager Bruce Bochy gave him the role last year after Smith returned from Tommy John's surgery. We'll talk about his success, the possibility that he might get traded again, his leadership role in the clubhouse, and how a Georgia boy adapts to San Francisco. We'll get into all of that and more right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Henry Schulman here with Giants closer Will Smith. How you doing, Will? Not bad. Uh, hanging out. Nice little day game today, so uh, relaxing, drinking coffee. Nice little day game in 90-degree weather, which makes you feel like you're anywhere but San Francisco. <laughs> I know. I've been liking it. Uh, yesterday was a great day. Um, nice and sunny, so as long as this weather keeps it up, we'll be fine. Right. Okay. Um, before I you know, ask you about yourself, uh, I mean, the big topic of, around uh, town is just that the team is not playing well and, uh, and all that. And... Uh, you you sort of took a leadership role, I believe, in the clubhouse early on, and um, you know you you have a kind of true sense of, of what's you know what people are feeling and uh, and reacting to how you're playing. What's your sense of it, just in very general terms? Um, I mean, yeah, we you know it has we obviously it's no secret it hasn't been going our way this year, but you know I think as long as you show up every day with a positive attitude and the you know the attitude that's a new day and and anything can happen today, um, you know good things will happen. So. You know, even though it might not be going our way this year, as long as you, you know, as long as you show up, have fun, you know, care about your teammates and all that stuff, everything will eventually work out and be okay. I've heard that, um, you know, you play for the name on the front of your team and the name on, you play for the name on the back of your jersey. I'm sorry. Let's try this again. You play for the you play for the name on the front of your jersey, and the, you play for the name on the back of the jersey. Uh, you feel guys are coming in doing that on a daily basis? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, a lot of the guys we called up are, are guys we've had in the organization. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I believe that they honestly want to be Giants, want to win for the Giants. Um, you know, win for the city. So. Yeah, there's some there's some pride when you put on that uniform. You know, it's it's a big league. You know, it's a big league uniform, man. Not very many people get to put that on. So, you know, to, to take and have some pride in it, I think that can help. You know, help elevate your game maybe sometimes. You know, I, I was talking to somebody in the organization, and they said that you and Tony Watson in particular uh, have taken a leadership role, not just within the the bullpen, but you know, as veteran players um, who have, have been with teams that are, have been successful and not successful, that you've taken a leadership role. Um, are, are there have there been times, without getting into any names, where you've actually had to pull players aside and uh, kind of remind them of everything you just told me? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, not 
not this year, no, um, or any year, really. I mean, it's no secret. Me and Maranta get along along really well, um, you know. And there's there's the language barrier there. There's you know the age difference. There's so many things going against us. But for some reason, he just latches on to me and Wadi too, and feels comfortable asking us questions. And it's it's kind of a good feeling to have that you know um, that feeling that players you know when they're they, they want to know they're they're interested uh you know all that kind of stuff so yeah i guess you know it's weird you know to be considered you know an older guy sometimes now because you know you always are the young guy what are you like 32 30, i'm 29 29 oh, okay oh, good for me you're 29 you're yeah I'm 30 next month though i'll be 30 next month okay um, see i just did it yeah so you're good okay um but yeah so i mean you know, we try to take care of our guys as much as we can. You know, we love them. We care about them. Um, you know, he's just a, a special, special one for sure. Yeah, but, you know, there's also a bleached hair gap between you and Maranto. I mean, as, as a guy who, you know, who he latched on to, how did you let that slip? I don't know. I told him there can only be one good-looking blonde in the bullpen. <laughs> I've already got that title. Uh but no, yeah, he showed up that that day with that. But that's that's who he is, you know. We let him we let him have fun, you know. We give him his fair share of of crap for it, but you know he wears it well. That's for sure. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I've seen, you look around the league, and there are just so many uh, so many bullpens that uh, were struggling with late relief. Uh, but you, but you guys, for the most part, uh, you know, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning when you have a lead, even even the sixth to some degree, it's it's been pretty locked down. Um, what do you kind of attribute that to? I think us just wanting to play, wanting to pitch, wanting to be in those situations. Um, you know, we're not we're not afraid of a one run lead against the division rival Dodgers. You know, we want to be in those games. You know, we want to play. We want the fans loud. Like we, especially for me, I enjoy those situations. Um, so yeah, we definitely feel confident when we get the sixth, seventh inning. We've got a two run, one run lead. You know, we're ready to go to work. That's what we're you know here for. Um, those were fun. You know, uh, you. Um when you came back from your Tommy John surgery, uh, I, I think that the uh, closer situation was rather unsettled, and I think that they were going to go sort of game by game. And it was, I think it was almost like a tryout um, uh, for a while among a, a few pitchers, and, and you sort, sort of emerged. Um, what was your feeling when you finally realized that you had kind of arrived uh, as a pitcher who they were trusting to pitch the ninth inning? Uh, it was pretty cool. Um you know, I've said it before. The the closing role for some reason has made me calmer out there. It's it's a black and white yes and no type situations. If if something goes wrong, you know exactly what went wrong right then and there. Um, and when you're setting up sixth, seventh, eighth inning, you give up those you know one run. Dang, you know is that the reason we lost? And you you kind of battle with yourself real bad, or at least I did. Um, but you know when he put me in the ninth inning that first time, I was like, dang, this is. This is pretty sweet. Like this is relaxing, you know. Just get get ahead, get guy, put guys away real quick. Um, so for them to trust me in, in the ninth inning now, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. I've you know I enjoy it. I don't really try to overthink it much. I, you know I've said if if everybody takes the mentality that they're closers of their inning, you know we'll have a successful bullpen. Yeah, but that brings something up, and this is an argument. This is one of the arguments of analytics versus um, sort of uh, traditional uh, theory. Um, I've always felt, a lot of baseball people have always felt that, uh, yes, you can pick a lot of guys out to pitch the ninth inning, but there are just certain guys who have that ice water in their veins who are able to do it and not let the situation uh, get to their head. Now you're telling me that you're actually calmer in that situation, (laughs) and I've seen guys who aren't. Do you, you know, do you believe in that, that uh, there are certain guys who are just better suited to pitch the ninth inning than, than others? 
I don't know. You know, I don't know if I've been doing it long enough to to know, but I mean, you watch the greats, you know, Rivera always was cool, calm, collective. Um you know, when I had Francisco Rodriguez, he was cool, calm, collective until like that final out, you know, that's when their emotion finally comes out. Um so yeah, I don't know. I guess some guys are are calmer, some guys aren't. That's a I don't know. That's a tough question. I, maybe I don't know. Well, maybe you can think about that one for next yeah, year's podcast for sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, you uh, I mean, people can see the numbers. I'm not going to like recite them because I know you guys are superstitious. But uh, <laughs> you've done very well in the closing role this year. Uh, I think that the game notes uh, said that you're up there in terms of consecutive saves to start a season. Um, did I'm not going to ask you if, if you've surprised yourself with with this, but um, you know, does it does it feel just sort of like uh, when you go in there now, you have the confidence to know that you're going to have a handshake at the end? Yeah, there's definitely you know some confidence you know I've built up um, you know through the second half of last year and the beginning of this year. Um, I go out there, you know, I'm you know I'm fairly confident when I go out there. I think you got to be. You know, the hitter thinks he's the best hitter in the world when he steps in, and when I step on the mound, I think I'm the best pitcher in the world. And um, I think you kind of have to be like that. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. You're getting me good today. Uh, you know, it's tough to, yeah, I don't know. Well, you can pass, you can pass on these. I uh, just say pass. Um, okay. uh, you know, uh, there, I don't think there are a lot of left-handed, uh, late inning relievers or closers in particular, uh, you know, lefties who throw 94 and, and their main pitch, uh, their main out pitch is a curveball. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that you can think of? And this is another tough one. Is there anybody you can think of that you sort of patterned yourself after? Or if you think back, reminds you of you? Reminds me of me? No, I mean, <clears throat> you watch Brad Hand close, you watch Hader close. Um, those are really the only two lefties I can think of right now. Um, but no, I, you know, I didn't try to emulate anybody in the ninth inning. I just take what I was taught. Um, and I was taught a lot by Francisco when I was setting up for him in Milwaukee. And it was, it wasn't analytics numbers, this and, and that. It was, hey, you know, what do you feel? What's in your gut? What do you see after you just read that swing? Was he late? Was he on time? You know, where did he foul it off at? Just, you know, it goes back to just be a baseball player, man. Um, so I feel, you know, I feel super confident in the ninth inning when I go out there and, just be a, I'm a baseball player. And you do do that sort of pitch by pitch in between pitch analysis of, you know, how the guy is swinging, uh, kind of, kind of looking to see what pattern he's looking for and mm-hmm. maybe trying to fool him on that. You yeah, do that? No doubt. Um, I mean, you'll take a look at the sheet and see, you know, nitro zones and, and places you can go. But at the end of the day, man, like you just got to be a ball player. You just got to have it in your gut. You got to trust your gut. Um, and we have great catchers here. I mean, we've got Buster. Um, I've been fortunate enough to throw to some really, really good catchers in my career. Um, but Buster's got to be the best. And then you've got AG coming up, who's a great receiver. Um, he's getting there with the game calling, too. Um, voter, veteran guy. So you just get more and more confidence with those guys each time you go out there with them. Did you throw to Bart at all this spring? I threw. I think I threw like one bullpen to him. Um, big target. Uh, which I like. I'm a you know I enjoy big targets. <clears throat> um, I had Salvador Perez in Kansas City who was like a brick wall throwing <laughs> yeah. to. He was massive. Um, so he's kind of similar to that. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just one one pin real quick. You know, sometimes I look at the stats and I see things that surprise me. In my mind, uh, your strikeouts are way up, 
And uh, and I looked at the stats, and, and really they're not much different than the last couple of years, about 12 per nine innings. But the one thing, the one stat that has changed tremendously is the strikeout-to-walk ratio. I mean, it's almost down to nothing because I think you have four walks against 30-something strikeouts. Uh, was there something that you did um, to, uh, you know, kind of address – you didn't – I mean, you didn't walk a ton of guys, mm-hmm. but in the ninth thing, you really can't walk anybody. Is mm-hmm. there something that you did mechanically, or was it more of a mental thing? Uh, mental thing, really, nothing. I try not to change much mechanically. I just try to keep my mechanics as simple as possible. But, but yeah, I just I, – I hate walking people. Like, it drives me up the wall. Um, so I try everything I can not to walk people. So, you know, it's not – I guess it's a mental thing then. You know, I just – I refuse to give you a free pass. Like you're, especially in our ballpark at night, you're going to have to get a base hit or hit it out of the park for you to get on base. Like I just cannot walk you. Okay. Um, I, I think the fans appreciate it. I think the sports writers on deadline appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's obvious you, you've been this, but you told me uh, once, and I don't remember where we were, that uh, you just, right when you seem to feel comfortable in a city, you ended up getting traded. I think it happened to you in Anaheim, and then it happened to you mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, right? And you know, it could it could happen to you this year. Um, are you expecting to be traded? No, not at all. Um, you know, we don't we don't really read into that. You know, at the, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm living out my dream. I, I get to play baseball every day for a living. It you know, regardless of who I do it for, I still I'm still living my dream. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you want to you want to win. You play for a World Series. You play for a ring. That's what you play for. Um, so, you know, if it happens and you end up going to a contender, you know, it's it's sad to leave, you know, some of your friends behind. Um, but you get a chance at a World Series ring. Uh, so I guess there's two sides to it. But no, I haven't. It's not expecting it, but you just – I've been traded three times. I know it can happen. It, I know it's a business, so I just I don't even really think about it, honestly. Are you looking forward to free agency for your first free agency so you can decide where to go and ask for a no-trade clause? <laughs> yeah, I get you know, I don't really know how much that works. I mean, I'm as keep – it, keep it simple, stupid as it comes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it in the offseason. But, you know, right now we're wearing giant, Giants colors, so we're trying to win for the Giants. Okay, and you're, you're from Georgia. Uh, in your spare time, do you like to do Georgia things, whatever those are? <laughs> yeah, I like to hunt. I like to hunt. I'll go home. I'll go home and golf as long as it's still warm. And then when it starts turning cold, I'll start going to hunt. Um, but, yeah, I'm you know, hunting, play golf. That's about it. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, this is kind of an interesting question. I don't think I've ever asked this of a player, but uh, you know, we uh, San Francisco is such a different place than Georgia. I, oh, I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> that. You know, there's a lot of guys in the clubhouse who are from the South. I mean, you grew up in a different environment. You, you know, the things that that happen in the South, the way you, you know, just like you said, hunting, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that is just second nature down there. I mean, we had Strickland here. Uh, I don't think Bumgarner, but but you know, just in general. Uh, and then you come here, and it's oh my God, he it's... shoots animals. I mean, ha- how? I guess the broader question, it's not about hunting. The broader question is, uh, as a guy who spends six months in a, in a city that is so different from your background, um, how do you sort of integrate yourself within the city? It's hard. Um, you know, my first year, I, I think I barely left my apartment. You know, I'd, I'd been traded. My girlfriend, Taylor, wasn't here yet, so I really didn't know what to do. I walked to the ballpark every day, and I'd walk back. Um, and it was just so it's overwhelming. When I first got here, I was like, holy cow, like this is a big city. I don't know what to do. Um, there's no parking lots. Like, where do I park? Um, I don't know how to parallel park. (laughs) Um, so it took a while. Uh, you know, you, you find little restaurants here and there that, that kind of reminds you, we found a little, I think it was called little skillet, um, a little like country place we found to go eat at. 
um, you know, you just do little things here and there that remind you of home or try to bring you back home. But, you know, it's it's a big city. It, it takes a it takes a while to see what all's out there, or how to how to drive in the city, how to maneuver in the city. It's you don't. Different. You don't. Yeah, you're right. You don't. You wait 30 minutes to get on the bridge and then you'll go home in a little bit. <laughs> OK, so you can pass a driving test in Georgia without having to parallel park. <laughs> well, you do have to parallel park, but that I think you did it once when you were 16 and then you probably never have to do it again. Um, just the last thing. And, uh, you know, it, it can be hard to have fun when you're losing. I mean, that is just, it's a truism. Uh, I don't care what sport it is. I don't care where you are. You seem to have fun. I, I, I mean, I'm in the clubhouse every day. I, I've never seen you really down. I'm sure there are times in the back where something's happened and you are. How do you do that? I love what I do. I honestly live my dream. Um, I've always wanted to be a baseball player. I've, you know, I've never taken it for granted, especially after having to sit out a year like that hurt. Like that was no fun. It was, I mean, it hurt your stomach. It was just painful. Um, so after doing that and coming back, I swore I would literally never take another day for granted. And I mean, you get to show up and play baseball. You get to hang out with your buddies for, for a couple hours during the day, actually all day, really. Um, so it's fun to me. I, I enjoy the clubhouse atmosphere, you know, picking on each other, you know, the back and forth wittiness like it's it's so much fun to me i couldn't imagine doing anything else okay. like a typical media person i lied because i have one more and I, <laughs> I i meant to ask this earlier talking about pitching the ninth inning but uh you know the, the way it is in a ballpark when you're out there preserving a lead whether it's one run or two run and uh you get to that last hitter and you get to two strikes and everybody on the, everybody oh. gets on their feet and they are expecting um they want to strike out oh no no okay do you want to strike out in that situation? Of course, absolutely. Because um, you can hear them too. It's almost like, for, especially for me, like you throw that pitch, you fouls it off, called strike, whatever. Somehow, when you get the two strikes, as he's throwing that ball back to me, the, you can just feel it—the energy in the ballpark erupting and like it's loud. But the moment you step back on the rubber, it's almost like it all goes away. Like it's just that calm feeling again. And then the moment he swings through it, and it's just this ear-piercing noise. It's one of the coolest feelings you could ever imagine in your life. All right, and I, I hope you have many more cool feelings like that. <laughs> I want to thank you, Will Smith, and I wish you luck the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Giant Splash podcast. We'll have many more as we lead up to the halfway point of the 2019 season. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to The Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. 